Welcome to Living Life. You know, as I was thinking about this subject of curses, I had to look up the definition because I, I know what the definition of spiritually, but I wanted to really to see, you know, how the world looks at it definitionally. And what I came, with, it came up with basically, uh, a curse is an appeal or a prayer um, for misfortune to befall someone or something. Okay, so you're appealing uh, to a kind of a supernatural, in a supernatural way, that something bad is going to happen, and you want some evil or some misfortune to happen to that particular person or something. So when we think about this idea of curses, curses actually take it another level from a particular type of conduct. And we're going to see this as we get into the passage, that curses go beyond just the conduct of uh, offensive conduct. It goes beyond sinful conduct. But it's saying that this same conduct is conduct which needs to be cursed because it's that detestable. So we're going to see that in the passage uh, about that, but we're also going to see what God is saying to us on the other side of curses with his blessings. So let's take a look at the passage and see how this all plays out. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verses 11 through 26. On the same day Moses commanded the people, When you have crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these tribes shall stand on Mount Ebal to pronounce curses, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. The Levites shall recite to all the people of Israel in a loud voice, Cursed is anyone who makes an idol, a thing detestable to the Lord, the work of skilled hands, and sets it up in a secret. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonors their father or mother, then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who moves their neighbor's boundary stone, then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who leads the blind astray on the road, then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his father's wife, for he dishonors his father's bed, then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual relations with any animal, then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his sister, the daughter of his father, or the daughter of his mother. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his mother-in-law. Then all the people shall say, Amen. 
Cursed is anyone who kills their neighbor secretly. Then all the people shall say amen. Cursed is anyone who accepts a bribe to kill an innocent person. Then all the people shall say amen. Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. Then all the people shall say amen. Welcome back to Living Life. So as we explore the passage, a couple of interesting facts, which I think which will be a good segue into the passage. Uh, two mountains, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, which were very significant uh, as the uh, Israelites were crossing over into Canaan. Uh, these mountains actually were situated in the center of the land of Canaan or the promised land. And Shechem was the city between the two at the base of Mount Ebal uh, and Mount Gerizim. So why is that significant? Because as, I, as we look at this passage, Mount Ebal represented cursing and Mount Gerizim represented blessings uh, to the people. So when you have cursing, cursing usually engenders death where blessing engenders life. And I immediately thought of the two trees in the center of the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which, would, which brought death to the world, but also the tree of life, which would have brought life to the world. In addition to that, uh, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, uh, from a topographical uh, standpoint and topology standpoint, uh, and also uh, climatically due to the climate changes in the area, Mount Ebal is a barren mountain. Not much vegetation grows on Mount Ebal at all. It's always barren. It's always void of vegetation. Whereas on Mount Gerizim, it's always full of vibrant vegetation. So when we think of this and look at, you know, just the passage in blessings and curses, Mount Gerizim, it's just the fact that it grows this vegetation on a regular basis shows the blessings of God on this mountain. And it's kind of ideal that God uses this mountain, as we'll see it in the, in the, as we go in the passage a little more. And Mount Ebal is always barren. Barrenness or voidness or emptiness is usually associated with curses. And we see this just by the mountains. Now, how do the mountains come into play? The mountains come into play because in this passage, uh, Moses tells the people when they enter the land is to divide the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel, up into two groups. Group number one, uh, which is the group which is uh, the descendants or the children of Rachel and Leah, they were to go to Mount Gerizim and pronounce blessings. Group number two, which are the descendants or the children of Bilpah and Zilpah, which were the servants or slave women of Leah and Rachel, they were, go to, they were supposed to go to Mount Ebal and pronounce curses. Now we have this dichotomy between the mountain of the free woman and the mountain of the servant. So God is even showing the distinction between the two. And we see this same, this same dichotomy when we look at 
Hagar, and we, when we also look at Sarah. Sarah is seen as the freed woman, and the child from Sarah, who is Isaac, is the son of promise, where we see Hagar, or Ishmael, is not the son of promise. Even though he's blessed, he is not the son of promise. So we see this distinction between the two. Now, when they're announcing blessings and curses from uh, Mount Ebal uh, and blessings from Mount uh, Gerizim, there's basically 12 curses that are being announced from Mount Ebal. The first curse is anyone who creates or carves or engages in idol worship is to be cursed. So the first, these curses, in, in, uh, in, as we see them, actually relate to the Ten Commandments kind of in order because the first, as we look at the Ten Commandments, the first curses or the first laws or the commandments are those that relate to the vertical relationship with God. All of the other, uh, after, we, after we see many of the other commandments and also these other, ver uh, these other laws, they relate to the horizontal relationship with each other and to also to other things, for example, their livestock or their animals. Um, so we see the vertical relationship with God in these curses, but we also see the horizontal relationship with each other. Now, the other thing about these curses is they are, some of these are done, many of these are done in secret, like bribery and, and then the sexual relations are in secret. But as we know, God sees everything in, that is in secret and he brings it to life. Also, the people, after each curse, say amen, after each curse. So they are holding themselves responsible. They are saying, we will be responsible to carry out and be obedient to these laws. Wow. In saying amen, in being responsible, it causes them now and puts them in a place where death reigns. But Jesus became a curse for us. Jesus removed the curse of the law for us by becoming a curse for us. The Bible says his cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He became a curse for us that we might receive the blessings, the blessings of Abraham through him. Today, we walk in the blessings of Abraham. We, we are in Christ and blessed in Christ because Christ became a curse for us. He paid a debt that we could not pay because of our sin. He paid it and he substituted in our place that we might be blessed. It's almost as if God crossed his arms and put the curse upon his son and the blessing upon us, even though the, the blessing should have gone to his son and the curse to us, God gave us the blessing through his son. That is who we are because of whose we are. Thank you.
God's blessing is upon you because Christ substituted. He died in your place and he bore the sins that you could not bear. Not just for you, but for the entire world. Bible says, for God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And everyone remembers John 3, 16 as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Do you have eternal life today? Do you have the blessing of the Father upon you because of what Christ did? If you don't, let's pray about it right now. Father, we thank you right now for this time and this opportunity. We thank you for this call to salvation for those who do not know you, for those who are still under the curse of the law. Father, we pray right now that your gospel, your truth of who you are and who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do for them might come through right now to them, that their heart might burn for you. We pray right now for the conviction and the convincing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. For a single soul, the Pinging closer, see you.